This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Thanks to Harlan Hogan's VoiceOver Essentials, the home of the Porterbooth Pro and Rode Microphones. We're in for another Quick Bite. Uh, talking microphones, that is what we're going to discuss today. Because I was thinking about, instead of a particular brand of microphone, what type of microphone would suit all genres? So if you only have one, what would you get? Would it be a shotgun mic, a multi-pattern mic, a small diaphragm mic, a large diaphragm mic? Who wants to kick off? Talking, so we're not talking microphones, we're talking microphone. Are, yeah. are, we, are we talking yeah. like name brand microphone or microphone type? Or type. Microphone type. Yeah. Type. Yeah. I, w- I, would, I would go for a tetrahedron uh, VR microphone. Done. <laughs> what? <laughs> the kind that has four capsules. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a tetrahedron, and then you, you got everything. Okay. Well, I'm going I'm to be a little more specific. I, I'm actually, I actually even know the mic. If I could only have one mic that I, and I needed to have a recording studio that had the ability to do everything, I think, and, and it, well, I needed it to be at a reasonable price point, I think something like a TLM 103 would be perfect because I think there's enough there. I think, it's a, it's, I think it's just a good all-round mic. I mean, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We're, we're talking in the context of voiceover tonight. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, let's right. just, yeah, yeah. voiceover. Am voiceover. I cheating by going stereo yeah. and beyond, for example? Well, I don't think you're cheating. Yeah. I mean, if that's your choice, that's your choice. Um, but yeah. And, and do I have to mind. pay for it? Yes, yes. you do. You do. I, I have to I have to spend the money yes. to get yeah. this. No, Rode, Rode, so, Rode okay. won't come to the party, so, you know, you've got to go okay. on. <laughs> I choose the, the NT1. No, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's not a bad choice, really. It is not a bad it's choice. It's affordable no. and it's it's a high performer and affordable. It's like if I was just like being being like cost conscious, I would definitely reach for that one. Yeah. But um, I, I, I would I pick think. a multi-pattern mic. Um, yeah. You know, if I was, if I, if it was my own studio that I had custom tuned acoustically to my liking, then I know that I could get a great sound out of a TLM-103 or, a, or an NT-1 or any kind of a large diaphragm cardioid mic. But if I didn't have that luxury, let's say I, I'm, let's say I have to get one mic that I can record in many different places or in many different situations, then I would definitely like the switchable pattern mic. I would like that. I, I, think, I think I'd get a 414 TL2. Uh-huh. I think that's. I think I've had a lot of really good experiences with that mic. It's got multiple multiple patterns. It's small. It's like I don't know. It has a lot of compact. good. Yeah, yeah. It sounds great. It's quiet. You know, it's sort of got a name brand recognition to it to some degree at least. Um, like if that was like here's the one mic you can buy and that's it. It's and and what is that like? I think around a thousand dollars, right? that mic yeah but i mean now if you're talking a thousand dollar multi-pattern mic like that i mean and i know you don't know the mic yet but the oc818 we talked about sure yeah that thing is incredibly hard to beat i mean the flexibility the sound quality the self noise um Mm -hmm. it's mind-boggling yeah adding the app as well yeah i mean the Mm -hmm. sound quality of the oc818 is as we know from the show we did a couple of weeks ago where we tested it. And, and of course, I've got one, so uh, I'm obviously a big fan, and they're, they're fabulous. Uh, the interesting thing was, I, I, which I, I think you mentioned before, George, the one thing about the OC818 is, for someone like you who works remotely helping people set up their studio and their sound in their studio, if that app works, if you could use that um, the Bluetooth app 
or some app where you can get into a computer and do the same thing, for you setting up someone in the studio would be perfect. Mm. Well, you know, you, I'm, I'm working on that because thanks to connections that you've made, um, I opened a conversation up with, uh, with those folks from uh, Austrian Audio. Yep. And I said, in a perfect world, this is what I would like to be able to do. I would like to be able to send that mic to a voice actor uh, or they buy it. And then I log in and I remote access the Bluetooth remote for the mic, have them record, and I'm setting the internal electronics of the mic up to the perfect setting. And then that mic is custom to that person that studio, that voice, you know. Right, and that, and that was where you have control over the polar pattern per frequency band, right? Right. So not only yeah, can I crazy. control the polar pattern, I control the tonal balance. Per so band. if they're a very sibilant yeah. voice, I can tone down the sibilance band, I can put some of this, take out some of that, and then when it's done, I'm like, there you go. This mic is customized for you. And for me to be able to do that from anywhere in the world, it's just... It would be kick-ass if you could flash that back into the mic so you don't even need the plug-in. Yeah, that's well, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't want to have to rely on the Polar Designer post or the insert plugin. I want to be able to use the Polar Designer Bluetooth app. On Is the, the Polar phone. Designer when when you capture from that plugin, or when you capture when you record, you're recording like a raw signal from the microphone, and then the plugin can still do its thing. Or can you? Or is the plugin like an input plugin? Does that make There's sense? There's two, two modes. Yeah, right. Two you, yeah, things. go ahead. I was going to say there's two different ones. One is when you record the stereo output, so you use the two, um, the capsule both sides as a stereo, so front and back. That's when you use the Polar Designer, which is a post plug-in. Post, right. But the one we talk about for setting up the mic would be the, the dongle that goes in the back of the microphone to use your phone. You get an app on your phone to change high-pass filters, uh, polar patterns so, and stuff like that. So if you don't plug in the dongle, does it remember your last setting? If you plug yeah. in the dongle and set it, and you can actually press the button on the front of the microphone, and it remembers it, that's locked in. That's awesome. Yeah, it's Holy firmware. Cow. It's yeah. a firmware. That's so awesome. you're programming wow. the firmware. You can take that thing out of there. They take the module, receiver okay, module. Okay, take out. it back. Maybe maybe this mic instead of a four fourteen. It's kind of, well, yeah. it's it's a four fourteen plus. You know, it's like a yeah. four fourteen with twenty. I, I would technology. argue that it's you're cheating because it's two microphones. It's got two outputs. Yeah. Okay. And so okay. I and so I go back to the tetrahedron mic. Okay. <laughs> you go all the way back to the VR to the VR yeah. mic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think the good thing about the OC eight one eight, though, without you know just spending all our show talking about the OC eight one eight, is that it has no computerized or anything digital inside the mic. It's completely analog. It's just that dongle. And it does it electronically. It changes the pattern. So when you take when you've changed the pattern, you take the dongle out. The microphone just stays on that setting that you put it in, that you set it up with. Right. So, you, so you can only it's change the DSP. patterns through the app. You can only change the patterns through the app. There's you no can change them the manually on the front of the microphone. Yeah, it has a default pattern. Yeah, because remember yeah. we talked about it doesn't click or anything either when you change it on the front of the microphone. No, they've done yeah, something to suppress that. Yeah, That's so it's got the Omni Super Cardioid. How much cardioid, is this thing? Like a thousand dollars? It's not yeah. much. It's not a huge amount. No, it's that's that's a you know what? It's like crazy. it's a respectable amount for a for a really decent mic. Like I would throw a thousand dollars at a good four fourteen, and th this one's a little bit new on the market, but it sounds like really thousand US. Well, the interesting thing is, it, it actually sounds like a, an old four fourteen. You know, the old EB. The, the yeah, the brass, the brass capsule. Yeah. 
Oof. without the self-noise, of course, because they're quite noisy, and it's reliable, plus you have this all this technology. In fact, with the app, when you're using your phone to change the polar patterns, it's not just the four polar patterns. I think it's about 230 variations of the polar pattern. Well, polar, on, a, on a good tube mic, the polar patterns are completely variable. Yeah, which is what they've done polar with this. patterns yeah. are just, uh, you know, it's like just voltages continuous between the two plate um, diaphragms. Yeah, right. Know. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, go ahead. I was Tom. just going to say my local uh, audio store where I shop has it for 1600 1700 bucks Australian. So, yeah. Right. It's, it's well in the affordable range. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's not in crazy. The affordable range, right? I, yeah. I, you know, my previous Desert Island mic would have probably been the, um, Townsend Labs uh, Sphere L22, which I reviewed, and you know it's it's in the same vein as the OCA18. You know it has an, the ability to record both capsules. They take they go way beyond though because they're into modeling other microphones. So it's kind of like taking that to another extreme. And but I would so what, I mean it's it is the ultimate every mic. I mean it does four sixteens. It does. Four fourteens, U eighty sevens, but it still completely one hundred percent relies on a plugin, and so it's going to be a heavier weight tool to use. It's also a physically very large mic, so you know the OCA one eight takes that and condenses it down to, and I'm sure they looked at that mic. You know they looked according at to Bo, the mic is usable on its own without the plugin, though. It's still oh yeah, no, it's respectable. It's a very respectful, respectable sounding mic. It sounds great, right? Um, but it's uh it's a it's a pretty pretty large mic and it's um it's more expensive i guess a little bit more but you still to get the results you need that plug-in and the fact that it's firmware in the oca18 that's what sets it into a new uh, category yeah. you know it's and right. it and and the fact that you're using digital control to control analog circuits that's not a new thing but inside the mic that's pretty incredible. I mean, that's really that's really innovative. Yeah, I mean, the closest thing to that is like your digital microphones that have an AES output, and then there's like some digital yeah. controls of the preamp. True. Yeah, like the Neumann Digital, the 103D. Have you ever used that? Have you ever used the 103? Never used one. No, me neither. I mean, 103, but not one with a converter. You guys have heard of that? They yeah. they have a few Neumanns that have a AES. The jack on the bottom is is a three pin XLR, but it's AES. Oh. It's not wow. analog. Yeah. And, and and there's a whole format of AES for controlling the gain and everything right. like within the signal. Yeah. Um they've they've had digital mics for years. They're just very expensive and not very well known. So let's 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 break it up. Um what would be your desert island dynamic mic? Uh none for me. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that you could run a very good business off of a four twenty one. I bet you absolutely. Yeah, I would maybe. take that mic and like has enough. It has enough frequency frequency uh, bandwidth. Great mic goes up yeah. to like sixteen, seventeen k. Well, well into there. Yeah. Because what um, about the? Uh, wouldn't you rather have the? Um, it's sexier older brother. The four forty one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the four forty one would be cool too. It's got a tighter pattern, I think. Um, yeah, it's a little more hi fi as far as I know. It's got a little is, bit more. It is. It is a little bit more hi fi. You're right. That's true. It's a great video of Blondie and uh, Deborah Harry singing into one of those. Well, yeah, they, David Bowie did did a lot with with a four forty one. How yeah. many albums did Bono do a on, a, on a fifty SM fifty eight in the control room? 
Yeah, but I think it's a different thing with music because it's so processed that you could pretty well use anything. Um, But I think when you're talking about the spoken voice, then you're trying to capture as much as you can, so... I'm going to do all next week's show on an SM58. I've got one of the in the cupboard. I'm going to pull it out. <laughs> but <laughs> but don't I, tell us. Know. Don't tell us. See if you can no. fool us. See if you can pick yeah. it. Someone, someone should do something big on a 58 just so everyone can be like, oh my God, I got to go get a 58. <laughs> well, you know, you know what Mike has blown up in the podcast and web streaming, streaming world is the SM7B. And yeah. Yeah, right. Some people blame... Um, Who's the oh God? Come on, George. Well, who's the super big time podcasting guy that? Oh, he's um, into? Joe Rogan. Yeah, Rogan. They they say it's because of him, right? Because he's been That's using this he's mic on. on a show, and he has the most popular podcast in history. Blah blah blah. So it's like everybody wants to buy an SM7B, and then they find out, oh, it needs seventy five dB of gain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't do that with my yeah. Scarlet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a there's it's a pretty there's, nice there's a few mic. particular mics yeah it's I, I it's a great mic for even just rock and roll vocals it's actually a surprisingly popular mic that people don't really yeah, oh, yeah. It is used it's a lot more than people realize mic. yeah um, but but the but the PL twenty or the RE twenty like same mic the four twenty one the SM seven there's a couple of those dynamics that like are really good and start to approach kind of condenser like performance or ish i don't think the actually this sm7 doesn't quite get there but it just has a fat sound of its own well i know that george um, you were at nam a couple of years back and you tested out the uh microtech gefell dynamic oh yeah that one's a sleeper i haven't seen anybody using it but when i heard it at the show i was like shocked yeah it, it sounded so condenser like i couldn't really quite believe i was talking to a dynamic mic yeah yeah uh, it was pretty incredible and i think it wasn't crazy expensive i mean it was spendy for a dynamic, but I think it was five hundred dollars range. Yeah, which is for right, Microtech, right. which is cheap. which is right yeah. in zone for like a SM7 and 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 the like. Yeah, I'll have to get my yeah. hands on one. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely to to get check my that hands out. On one. I think it's called the M three hundred. And and like Heal or Hell, who's that one company? They make Heil. Heil. Do they make Bob Heil? I don't know. I've never used those mics, but I guess it's good. I don't know. The Gefell is the MD300, and I was a bit under on the price. It's a $900 dynamic mic. Wow. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sexy beast, I'll tell you. It's got that like matte, neutral gray finish, and it has like this super cool-looking industrial twin hinging mount thing. So, you know, you get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a 50 to 16k response dynamic mic. Um it's quite it's quite impressive. Like another cool one would be a, an original D12. An AKG D12 would be another. Oh, right, cuz they replaced it with a D112 and everybody it's the kick drum mic that everybody Yeah, likes. and I've done yeah. vocals with a D112. It's actually yeah. It'll it'll do it'll do it all it'll it'll work well with a voice actually it's got a kind of a especially for that eighties kick sound where everyone wanted the snap yeah. it's got this like high frequency rise that sort of works well with voice mm-hmm. um, it's funny D one twelve isn't actually so it's odd it's an odd mic but it would work well for voice mm. you know I've I've played around sorry I didn't mean to blaze over the Bob Heil stuff but um, I've met Bob too at the shows he's a he's a character. Um, <laughs> And he's just, he's just a walking, you know, he's a walking piece of audio history. Right. Um, but it's like Wes uh, Dooley. Yeah. And, and Wes Dooley, too. Oh, my God. I've interviewed both of them. You know, they're amazing. These guys are yeah. incredible. 
Wes Dooley is the guy that created AEA mics, the rhythm yeah, yeah. mics, that, yeah. which are based on yeah. RCA because Wes used to repair all the RCAs and stuff. But um, yeah, I um, yeah, I've, I've heard them. The PR40 is the top of the line one for for you know podcasting broadcast. EQ wise, it's not my favorite. I've I've tried a couple. The PR30 strangely sounds a little more pleasing to me. Um, but um, they're they're respectable, you know, and they're they're affordable. It's right. not they're, expensive. I think they tops out right. at three hundred bucks, maybe. Right. So. so we've done large diaphragm condenser, next small diaphragm. One shot there, there's no, I reckon small diaphragm because okay, that's diaphragm. a really strange area to go to. Yeah. yeah. No, I know you've had experience with small diaphragm microphones, George. One of your clients, I think. Yeah, I mean, so few are doing it, but I think the guy's his name right now is floating on the tip of my tongue would be Anthony Mendez. Um, he uses a eighty forty, so Sennheiser's new eight thousand series that's kind of taken over the MK Ford sixteen mic. Yep, mm-hmm. and so they have an interchangeable line of capsules. So it starts with the eighty forty, maybe even the eighty thirty, and then it goes up to like the eighty seventy for like the long shotgun. But he's using the 8040, I believe, which is just a, I believe, a hypercardioid or even just a cardioid. But the, what's funny about the mic is the size. It's, it is like three inches long. Yeah. The entire mic. Um, so it's kind of comically tiny. But um, the thing about that mic is it's incredible if you know how to use it. But it's, uh, you know, extremely pop sensitive. Sure. And any kind of small diaphragm mic, the capsule is right at the grill. You know, it is right there. There's absolutely nothing protecting it. So as long as you know how to use it and you properly place it and you probably need a pop screen, and if you do use it right, it will sound amazing. I mean, the detail is incredible. I think anything three inches long, you better know how to use it and you better be confident. (laughs) Because you got nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I I can give some some perspective. I have I have a couple of mics that are definitely in the uh, small diaphragm kind of zone. The B and K forty oh ones, not the forty eleven. So what these are is which was omni DPA before DPA, right? It's DPA before DPA because these are like measurement microphones in a sense. Right. Um, but these are some oddball mics. They are unbalanced. They run in a 192-volt Phantom. Oh, right. These had their own crazy power supply thing. And they yeah. will pick up a mouse farting from five <laughs> feet away. Definitely sensitive. Yeah. Crazy, crazy <laughs> mics. Um, so those are interesting. But they're almost like so powerful. I, I've done drum overheads with them. Um, you can get some insane voice detail, almost like too much. Um, so then the other mics that are great that I, that I have are the Sheps, the CMC fives are Sheps is in a, definitely another class of its own almost. Yeah. Those are sweet. But then going all the way down the other range, I would say that a lot like the Neumann KM 184s and KM 84s, um, more than 184s are the Octava, I think it's MCO one, two. Oh yeah. Which is like a slightly noisier version, but like hundred dollar mic pretty kick-ass for a hundred bucks. At least the original, yeah, the, the older ones that were supposedly made in Russia. There's a lot of, a lot of voodoo about that, that series of mics, you know, now, but, um, yep. 
Those are good too for Quite the money. remarkably good, yeah. yeah. If you can get them clean, if they're quiet. Yeah, they're not always very quiet. They're like, they were like, in my experience, they were about six decibels noisier than the, uh, than the Neumann. But besides yeah. that, once you adjusted for the noise or the volume difference, and the cardioid was almost, I believe, I remember it being indistinguishable. Kind of like that experience we had with the, uh, um, what do you call it? The, the road and the 416. Like, what? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then the Omni capsule was like not, not even close to the same, funny enough. Yeah, I haven't, I didn't have a, I didn't get to compare them that much, but I, that, that was my affordable pair of small diaphragm mics and I used them for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're amazing. So, um, yeah, so at the end of the day, the mic we would all pick, first of all, would be a large diaphragm condenser for voiceover, right? I mean, hands yeah. down. Nobody ever one time the entire conversation mentioned any uh, ribbon microphones. No. And there's only one I wouldn't mind trying, only because I saw um, your best friend, Robert, actually, um, Alan Parsons. Um, He was talking about the uh, NTR, the Rode NTR. Uh And he loved the NTR because even though it's a ribbon, it doesn't get woolly, you know, that kind of... Yeah, it's still got a top end sheen to it, which is interesting for a ribbon. Yeah, they sound incredibly natural. There, there's a certain thing. I, I remember a couple of years ago, there was like sort of the ribbon craze, and there was a bunch of like even cheap ribbons. And I, I think I got, um, I had some Cascade maybe, or I forget. Yeah, the Fathead. Really, actually, you know, like there's a great affordable ribbon mic, uh, is, is that Fathead. And I remember doing some guitar and vocal stuff, and it just sounded so. There you go. Like clear reality like. It wasn't colored. It wasn't like like ribbons aren't bad, but but for some reason they're hard to record and really have a good variety of stuff. If if your original signal is not good, it's hard to recover from a ribbon. Yeah. But the I I definitely would like to try the NTR, but um they don't seem to be pushing that one. They've let that one sit in the back back burner for a while, I guess. I didn't even know Road made a ribbon at all. Yeah, the NTR, yeah. But as I mentioned, Alan Parsons raved about it, so it must be pretty good. He'd have a decent mic cabinet, I'm thinking. So, and then we all agree that the NTG5 would be your shotgun if you had to pay for it? I was going to say, I think we're all on the same, I'm guessing we'd all be on the same bandwagon there. Yeah, well, interestingly, yesterday, just to give you an idea, because we're talking about a variety of different genres and one mic that would actually cover all those genres. So yesterday, my day started by doing... uh, radio promos, then I did an e-learning module, then I did two Mercedes commercials, and then finished off the day by doing uh, the opener for a European tractor event for Massey Ferguson. And uh, the only mic I used for all of it was the NTG5. It worked perfectly. So going full circle, based on our past episodes... The NTG five, yeah, it's the best bang for the buck. Yeah, if, if if you have to pay for it, yeah, yeah, that's the one. In fact, just as I won't give you the exact words, but um, Jamie Muffet sent me a message because he bought one based on our episode, and he absolutely loves it. And I think also the other thing to remember is 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 in in all this, if you did, in, and if you are listening to this episode because you think, okay, I can only afford one mic, what should I buy? The other thing to remember is buy the best you can with the money you've got. And as long as you're handing the audio engineer at the other end the easiest job 
to make it sound the way he sound he wants it to sound and be able to shape it the way he wants to shape it i think that's the best you can do so yeah. so some honorable mentions are like once again the road nt1 the yep. oc18 uh the ntg5 maybe the sm7 who is the who is the dynamic winner we never really figured sm7b well i kept bringing it yeah, up but i'd go with the 7b we yeah. agreed to disagree on the dynamic mics i think yeah. there's too many and and then ribbon mics we you know like basically they're just too specific and not robust enough to really consider as like your only microphone um, no yeah, good to right. play with yeah. right. good good yeah. color and but yeah not not your everyday mic uh what's what's your favorite pzm mic oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> What's yes. your favorite USB mic? <laughs> I don't have None. one. None. Yeah. Is there one? Is there a snowball or something? No. Or is it? Oh, the ice pick. The um, we should do our, our most mic. hated mics. Is is, is the next uh, <laughs> the next episode? Yeah. We yeah. Do. You better get a lawyer, yeah. son. I better get yeah, a real right. good one. Out of here. <laughs> this show was mixed by Voodoo Sound. Edit by Andrew Peters using Source Connect Now and Rode microphones. With technical support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe and like us. Yeah.